0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Last week we started a new series called crossing the line, understanding temptation. And really what we decided as the, as, as elders in the church is as we're looking at people in our church and the things that they're struggling with, we thought we'd get down to the bare basics of what the issue is. And that's the issue of you and I giving in to the temptation to sin. Now, when I talk about temptation to sin, I am not talking about you walking through Walmart, checking out, and you look over and you're tempted by the Snickers bar. I mean, yes, that is temptation, and yes, we can use that for illustrations and so forth. But what we're talking about is the temptation to do the things that we know we should not be doing, to do the things that results in our defeat and our uselessness to Christ in our marriages, in our homes. It's, it's, it's giving in to those corrupt desires over and over. And so last week we talked about The source of temptation, because a lot of times we think that when it comes to the issue of temptation, it's somebody else's fault. It's it's my mama's fault or my daddy's fault or my pastor's fault because he beat me or my scoutmaster or, you know, whatever. The reality is, is temptation results because of our own corrupt desires. That's what we looked at last week. And remember, I told you last week is for you to, first of all, recognize and deal with your own desires. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take it one step further. Because if we're going to talk about understanding temptation, if we're going to talk about how are we going to deal with it so that we can walk in our relationship with Christ as we should, yes, I understand that I am the source of temptation in my life, my desires. There's another component that we need to add to it, and that is the issue of the tempter. That is the issue of Satan. And so we're going to talk to him today. We're going to be primarily at the end. We'll be in the Ephesians passage that I had you open up to. But we're going to be through some selective scriptures today just to give you an understanding. So what we're going to do is is I'm going to take this message, we're going to talk about the tempter, and I'm going to divide it into three sections. This is more unusual for me because I normally go through books of the Bible expositionally. But we're going to look at this issue topically today. So we're going to take it in three sections. First of all, we're going to talk about being misguided, how you and I are misguided in our lives concerning the tempter, especially concerning the issue of temptation in our lives. We're going to talk about a proper understanding. We're going to have a proper understanding of who he is. Some points I want to point out to you there. And then a course of action. We're going to give you some things that you need to do in your life as you're trying to deal with the junk in your life. Deal with your stuff. Deal with this whole issue of temptation in life. We're going to give you a couple of points for a course of action. So let's look, first of all, at misguided. How you and I are misguided. Here's the reality that we have. Number one, we don't recognize the battle. What battle, George? Fallujah? No. You and I, whether you realize it or not, and most of you do not, you are in a spiritual battle. Satan is real, and you're public enemy number one to him. Every one of you, whether you realize it or not, has a bullseye tattooed on your chest. You are a target to the satanic forces of darkness. And so a lot of times we're misguided in this whole area of temptation and in this whole area of our struggles with the sins that we have simply because we don't recognize the battle that we're in. As a believer, you are dwelling not just in a physical world, but you're dwelling in a spiritual world around you. So that's the first thing I want you to notice is that we're misguided. Number two is this. We're either ignorant or oversensitive. When it comes to the issue of Satan, we're either ignorant, that means we have no clue about him, we almost get to the place where we don't even believe he exists, or we're oversensitive. What do you mean by that? Well, we believe there's a demon under every rock, a demon of cigarettes, a demon of this, or a demon of that. And those are the two extremes, and trust me, folks, those are the two extremes that he wants you to be in, where you either ignore him because you're ignorant of him, or you're oversensitive, you give him too much credit in your life. And that's the reality. So the, the second thing, we're, we, we don't recognize the battle, we're either ignorant or oversensitive. Now here's the third one that trips all of us up. And I want you to understand that the statement I'm going to make is, is the point where we're misguided. Here's what we do. We make the mistaken assumption that he causes us to sin. I hear that all the time. How you doing, man? Not doing too good. Satan's been working on me hard. He's the one that's causing the problems in my life, and he's the one that's caused this issue and caused the pressure, the stuff that I'm doing. He's the whole purpose of what's going on in my life. No, 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 no. He's a tempter. And when you stand before Jesus and give an account of your life, it's not going to be what Satan quote did because he didn't do it. You did it. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's a tempter. He's tempting you to do something. You're the one who carries out the action. You're the one who's doing what's wrong. And so we make this a mistaken assumption that when we do wrong, I don't own it because it was him. No, it's not him, folks. It's you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not him. It's you. In fact, can I tell you, that's just part of his devices. He wants you to think it's him. Did you hear what I said? He wants you to operate under the assumption that when you sin, it's his fault, not yours. Why? Because you'll do it again. And you'll continue to enslave yourself in whatever it is that is enslaving you in your life. Because, again, what are you doing? We talked about it last week. You're going back to the whole blame shifting thing, where you're not owning it yourself, and you're not blaming it on Mama, and you're not blaming it on God. You're blaming it on him. But see, the blame can't go any further than yourself. You've got to own it. So that's where we're misguided. So what do we do about it? What is the proper understanding? Well, we're going to look at some scriptures here, and I want you to understand what it is about Satan that you need to know. First thing I want you to understand, if you turn to Acts chapter 19, so hold your finger in Ephesians, go back just a few books to Acts chapter 19. In this chapter, we're going to see the sons of Sceva, where they're casting out a demon. And I want you to notice verse 15, the demon speaks back to these Jewish exorcists. Because they're going, they're, quote, casting out demons in the name of Paul, in the name of Jesus. And this demon or demon speaks back to these Jewish exorcists. And I want you to notice what he says in verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know, but who are you? Now, when you read that in the English, it doesn't really make that much sense. You say, okay, wow, he knows Jesus, he knows Paul, but he doesn't know who these guys are. Well, let's take it one step further. Let's look a little bit deeper into the original languages. And let me expand it out for you. Jesus I know by experience. So the demons is saying the word know is a—it's two different words there. One word in the English, two words in the Greek. Jesus I know by experience. They know Jesus because they know He's God. They know by experience who He is. And then He says, Paul I know. Now, the interesting thing is that the word know there is a knowledge by observation. Jesus we know by experience. Paul we know by observing Him. So here's the point I want you to understand. If you're going to have a proper understanding of the tempter, you need to understand this. He observes you and knows your weaknesses. You need to put a star by that. Why, George? Because, listen, when we think about the thing that we're constantly giving into, and again, I'm not talking about buying a Snickers bar at Walmart. When you think about the sin that you're constantly giving into and the temptations that come with that, usually with those sins, those pet sins, those private sins in our lives, we keep those what? Secret. And we operate under the assumption That nobody else knows. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think everybody here knows what I'm talking about, right? We think it's our own private little thing. But here's what I want you to understand about the tempter. He observes you. He knows what you're doing. He's watched you all of your life. He knows your weaknesses. Do you know what I'm saying? He knows you better than yourself. So I love going to basketball games, watching my boys play. And when you go to the game, you know, I'm a people watcher. Yeah, I read my book while I'm there during the breaks or whatever. But I'm a people watcher. And, and, and a lot of times I'll watch and I'll see a guy come in and he's got a video camera. I'll think, wow, that's cool. Dad's videotaping his boy. But it's not dad. And, I, and I'll look and I'll say, boy, that guy seems familiar. Who is that? The next week we're at that at somewhere else and it's the coach. From the team who was there with the video camera. And what is he doing? He's videotaping our boys playing so he knows their what? Weaknesses. Why? Because he observes. See, this is what Satan does, folks. You think you're alone. There's somebody who's studying you. And you need to know that. If you're going to put the whole thing in proper perspective of having an understanding of who Satan is, a proper understanding... You need to recognize you're being observed. Here's the other thing. Go with me over to Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-five to twenty-six. Okay, so you're, you're in, a, you're uh, you're got your finger in Ephesians. Now I want you to go forward a few books, a few letters, to Second Timothy chapter two, verses twenty-five to twenty-six. Here, Paul is telling Timothy about correcting people in the church who aren't doing right. And so let me read to you what he says in verse 25 and 26, and then I'll get you to the point I want you to see. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God will grant them repentance so that they may the truth, and look at verse 26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So here's what's going on. Satan, what he'll do is is that he will exploit the weaknesses in your life so that you end up doing his will. So here's the point I want you to understand. If we're going to have a proper understanding of who Satan is, he's not just somebody who observes you and knows your weakness. He manipulates you. In fact, I want you to put this down. Satan is the biggest button pusher in your life. Write that down. He's a you know what a button pusher is. You know you ever, you ever seen somebody at work when they do that? Hey, there's Bill. Watch me push his buttons. And that's usually to what? Get a reaction, folks. Satan knows the buttons in your life to push, and he manipulates. Listen to me. He manipulates in order to what? Get you to do his will. Gets you to be defeated. Gets you to no longer be of use to God anymore in your life. Gets you to be able to do something that will destroy your family. See, if I'm going to have a proper understanding, I need to just recognize that he's not just observing me. He's observing me for a reason. He's looking at my weaknesses for a reason. And that is so that what? He can manipulate them for his purpose. So that he can push the buttons in our life. Here's the third thing I want you to see, if we're going to have a proper understanding of who Satan is. Go over now. You're, you're in Second Timothy. Go back a couple of books now to First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Listen to what Paul says. For this reason, I could no longer endure it. I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter tempt you. So he's going to talk about temptation here. The tempter, that's Satan, tempt you. And our labor might be in vain. So he's talking about their spiritual lives. Now, here's what it is. He uses temptation to weaken your faith. Here's the thing. Satan doesn't, you know, when we talk about attacking somebody, we're like, beat down, let's do it now. That's not how Satan operates. Satan operates like a chess player. He thinks two or three steps ahead. And if he wants to defeat you, He can lead you into temptation in another area, but because he observes you and knows how you operate in your life, he knows that that's just one domino getting ready to knock down another domino, another domino to the defeat. So here's the thing. He uses temptation. There's nothing wrong with that. That's benign. But the end result is not good. Weakening of faith, weakening of work for the Lord That's what we've got to recognize in our life. Here's the reality. What's he doing in your life that started out simple but was the first step in many towards what? The defeat. See, you and I got to have a proper understanding. We're not just talking about Bubba here. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about somebody who's cunning, who has studied humanity from the beginning. And we're talking about somebody who's patient. And who wants to trip you up? So they say, okay, George, what do we do with that? Let me give you a course of action. Turn over now, if you're in First Thessalonians, turn back now to 2 Corinthians. Just a simple statement. It's always I've always found it intriguing. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul, talking about his work there among the Corinthians his work of he and his compatriots among the Corinthians, he says this, unless Satan should take advantage of us. So he's talking about what they were doing so that Satan doesn't take advantage of them. Then he makes this powerful statement. If you want to, underline it in your Bible, because this is important. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So here's the point. First thing that we've got to do is a course of action. All right? Recognize how Satan operates in your life. You know, when we talk about the issue of sin, we talk about the issue of giving into the temptation, crossing that line of giving into the temptation and stumbling and falling again, continually being defeated by the sin in our lives. You don't just have to be a student of yourself, which you need to. You need to begin to be a student of what Satan does to tempt you. Do you know what I mean? You need to begin to be aware. You've got to begin, listen to me, to know what it is is the weak moments in your life. So, for instance, okay, what is it? Think right now, what is it that you constantly fall to? Think about what the temptation is that you constantly are falling to that's defeating your life all the time. All right? You don't need to shout it out. We don't want to hear it. What is it? Now, think about when it is that you're most likely to fall to it. If it's addictive behavior, I can almost tell you when it is. It's whenever you got to cope with something, some kind of stressful event in your life. And that's your coping mechanism. That's your coping mechanism. So think what it is. So think about it when, what you do is, is you learn yourself and you know, okay, during these type of situations, I'm prone. Now, here's what you do. The next time when you face that kind of situation, watch out. Watch out. What do you mean? Watch what happens that presents itself as triggers or temptations. And where did they come from? Out of nowhere. Folks, that's the enemy because he knows when you're weak. He knows when you're down. He knows that you're at the prime state for what to happen. For you to fall into temptation and fall to that sin and be defeated and continue in your downward spiral in your life. Are you hearing me? But but how do I begin to recognize that? You've got to start being self-aware. So many of us are just kind of going through life, just taking it as it is and not paying any attention. You've got to become a student of yourself and recognize and begin to get serious about dealing with it. And part of getting serious about dealing with it is saying to yourself, well, how come I'm always doing this? Start looking at the factors that are leading up to it and recognize how Satan operates in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember what I said. He observes you. He's a manipulator. So you begin to recognize how he operates in your life. Here's the second thing you need to do. So this is where we are in Ephesians. So I want you to get right there in Ephesians. We're going to look at verses 10 to 18. Look at what Paul writes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Another word for it is schemes, schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always in all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. What's he saying here? Here's the second point of action. So number 1, I'm not I'm going to be aware of how he operates in my life. Here's the second one. It's the most important thing. Strengthen your walk with Christ. How do I do that, George? He just told you in this passage. Faith, God's word and prayer. Faith, God's word in prayer. What do you mean by faith, George? Just simple belief? No, belief that goes beyond belief. It's trust. It's a commitment to trusting in him, committed to him as you read his word. Remember I told you we just talked about that how important it is to get God's word in your life. Because remember you want to, here here's an example. If you go to the gospels and you go to the temptations of Jesus, look at how Jesus answers Satan, in every temptation, how does he respond to Satan? God's Word. It's God's Word that gives you the strength to stand against the temptations. Do you understand what I'm saying? And prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Remember the component of the Lord's Prayer? What? And deliver me from what? The evil one? Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from what? The evil one? Isn't that what Jesus told us to pray? See, all of those components faith, word, and prayer are all components of you strengthening your life. If you're going to understand what it is that the enemy is doing in your life and if you're going to stand against him as he tempts you to do wrong, first we've got to know how he operates and recognize that you've got to strengthen your walk. Here, just I'm going, to, I'm going to throw this out to you. I should have shared this with you earlier. If I'm going to know how he operates, I need to understand this. Satan's two number one tools for defeating you. Number one is temptation. We spent all morning talking about that. The second one's accusation. What do you mean? Well, here's what he does. When you give into the temptation to do wrong, he takes it one step further. Now he then tells you how bad you are, that you're not worthy of Christ's love. He accuses you. That's the way he operates. It's like a one-two punch. He hits you with temptation, you fall. He hits you then with accusation, you're defeated. It's like, I give up. That's how he operates. See, okay, Say, okay, George, what, what do we do with this? How do we, how do we apply this to our lives? How do, how do we take this concept of the tempter here as we talk about this whole issue of understanding temptation in our lives so that we don't cross that line? What do we do with this? Well, I've got two thoughts. I'm going to give you an action point this week. Here's the first one. And again, these are question, this is a question that I don't want you just to think about right now in the moment. I want you to ponder it all week. Do you truly understand what is happening around you? Do you truly understand what is happening around you? So here's the thing. We can get so self-absorbed in our lives that we're, we're not aware of anything but ourselves. We're, it's just me, myself, and I. And the junk that I'm dealing with and my little problem that's my pet whatever that I've grown used to that I've accepted and, 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 and we get defeated and we get defeated in that all the time. And we're just totally oblivious to what's going on around us. And one of the things that we're totally oblivious of what's going on around us is that we live in a spiritual world with a very real enemy who wants to destroy you, destroy your marriage, destroy your home, destroy the church. Do you hear me? We don't think about that daily. Now, you don't need to be consumed with that, but you need to be aware that things are rough. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like going to work. Have you been to work and you've got a guy there at work who doesn't like you? How many of you have ever been in a situation where there's a guy at work who doesn't like you? Now, do you go up to him and say, hey, buddy, how's it going? Well, how's the game? No, you kind of avoid him, right, because you don't want what? A confrontation. And so you go about your life, but you're aware that guy over there is bad news. I'm staying away from him, right? Is that what we do? That's life, right? I'm telling you, it's the same thing. You don't need to be consumed, but you need to be aware. And so my question is, is are you? do you truly understand what's happening around you? Here's the second thing. Here's the thing that you need to do. Recognize that you have an enemy who knows your corruptness. You think you're out there by yourself and nobody else knows your dirty secrets in your life? The skeletons that are hanging there? You don't think that anybody knows that? You're mistaken. You're lying to yourself. Yeah, maybe nobody physical knows. But there is somebody who's spiritual, who's older, who's more wicked and evil than anything in this world. Who is very much aware. And you need to recognize that and you could do a great job covering it from everybody else because we're good at covering you know what i'm saying we're great posers you know but you can't pose with him cuz he knows you and he knows your weaknesses and he knows your stuff and you need to begin to recognize that now that'll sober you up won't it you know what i'm saying what are, you, what are you talking about, George? Like, well, let me just stop for a moment. I, I, you know, we're real here, so let's be real for a moment, okay? How many've ever done something wrong that you thought nobody else knew of, and then when you kind of had a suspicion that somebody found out, weren't you freaked out? You were paranoid, right? Like, what do they know? What do they know? And 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 ninety times out of hundred, they don't know nothing. But you're just like, oh, what do you mean? Because it's, 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 when you think someone knows, you get paranoid about the junk in your life, right? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's somebody who knows. And it's not just God. It's somebody who wants to use that knowledge to destroy you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you need to recognize that. So you say, okay, George, what do we do then? What's the action point? What do we got to do this week? Here's what I want you to do. The number one way. That you're going to overcome Satan in your life is Jesus. In fact, that's what it says. And they overcame by what? The blood of the lamb. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's what you have to do. Spend time with Christ in the word and prayer. You got to spend time with him? The only way that you're going to stand against temptation is because you were with Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only way that you're going to recognize that it's the enemy trying to tempt you in an area is because you spent time with Jesus. You were in his word. You saw what his word said about this. You saw what his word told you there. You can recognize a lie. You can recognize when something's going to trip you up. is because you're praying. All right, let's stop. We're going to, let me ask you a question. I want you to think about what it is in your life right now. What is it that you are constantly giving into? What is the temptation? What is it that the, the enemy is manipulating in your life that you're constantly giving into that is defeating you? I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to spend too much time thinking about it. You know what it is. Am I right? Do you want to deal with it? Do you want the victory? Okay. Can I tell you the first step? You've got to spend time with Him.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. This coming week.